From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. From Snakes and Lattes, Toronto's premier board game cafe, this is the Snakes Cast, a weekly podcast where the game gurus of Snakes and Lattes discuss what it is about games that make them worth playing. With your host, Jonathan Moriarty. Welcome to the Snakes Cast, everyone. With me this week is Travis Ryans. Hey, guys. And we're going to talk about one of the most popular genres of games out there. You wouldn't think that this would be controversial, but trivia games is actually one of the most controversial topics at the cafe. And the reason for this is because, generally speaking, whenever somebody in a group of players suggests bringing out a trivia game, usually the people who are into games go, yeah, there's a collective sigh and grumbling at the table. And the ones who really aren't so much into games are like, yeah, let's do that. So uh, why is it that it's like this? Tra- Travis, let's, let's start with you. How do you feel about trivia games to, um, pl- to play? Trivia games, I'm not a huge fan of it. Uh, there okay. are a couple select games that I, I do like for it, but for the most part, no. Why not? Um, I don't feel like a lot of them are well designed, and it's hard to not be on my high horse when I'm doing this, but um, <laughs> I just feel like, uh, it's just, with particular, uh, I'm attacking the big guy here, Trivial Pursuit, mm-hmm. I don't really like Trivial Pursuit because it, it really focuses on the trivial. It goes to the things that usually no one really should have an answer to it. There's no point in which you should have that information in your life. Um, so I, I don't really enjoy it. I feel like it's designed to make like one person at the table feel smart for having this random information and everyone else kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. However, that's not all games. Uh, it's not. Um, there still are some good ones out there. Uh, I find that one of the biggest things is the reason that gamers tend to dislike it so much is because they can't stand to be wrong. And <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> um, that was definitely a thing for me. When I was a kid, the only game my mom really liked was Trivial Pursuit. And that game was like hell for me. It was like punishment. <laughs> yeah, I was I was only like eight or ten years old, and there were all these questions about baby boomer era history and movies and books and stuff, and I just had no idea. And it was really kind of disheartening. And that that was kind of where I I, I got my whole you know emotional impression of trivia games. That's that's what it means to me, even now. So uh, how do you feel about recommending trivia games as a guru? Uh, I actually, I think it's great that we have them in the cafe because people really enjoy using them. Uh, but I rarely recommend them, especially because if you've got a lopsided table, you've got one person who's going to be able to answer all the questions. Uh, I'm not looking to start that drama in the group. <laughs> I'm not looking to cause that fight. You, you, you want to give the group a positive experience. Exactly. So uh, why, why are there so many trivia games out there? I mean, it's, 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 it's actually a relatively small section. Of, uh, of, of the actual shelves, but if you go to a, a game store, yep. the, like a, not, not, not more of a hobby game store, but more of a traditional store, like a gift shop yep. or a Toys R Us, half the games on those shelves are trivia games. How come? Uh, that is because they're so easy to put out. Uh, it is like the, the cash cow for them because they look up question, look up answer, put on, put on page, print. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much all you have to do as far as design, right? You, you don't do. need to have a lot of mechanics. You don't need to design It's a lot. true. It's pretty much the same game. It's here's a question. Do you know the answer? If yes, you advance towards winning. And if no, your turn's over. And that's all you have to do. And you can do it year after year with whatever movie or TV show or whatever happens to be big. Yeah, exactly. It's easy to put them out. So obviously it kind of depends on what sort of an experience you're looking for in a game. These things will be good for some players and bad for others, depending on what they're after. So let's take a look at some of the pros and cons and, what, uh, and, and compare them. Okay. The pros of trivia games. 
the pros of a trivia game are that if it's designed well, you actually get to learn while you're playing. Uh, you pretty much start right away, right? Yeah. It's just start asking questions and you can sort of go. Um, there's also lots of downtime in, in these games, which can be a really good thing if you're after a sort of very casual sort of experience. If you want to spend more of the time chatting with the other players about stuff that's been going on, if you want this to be sort of a, a socializing time exactly. rather than a, a game playing time, if you want to focus on your friends and outside of game stuff, trivia games are perfect. Especially if you have the game at home. Um, I find it's, uh, it, that can go either way at the cafe, uh, but when you're at home, you want to be able to drop in and drop out uh, whatever it may be. Someone has to run to the washroom, you have to go grab the person who didn't know the buzzer code downstairs, whatever it may be. Even at the cafe, it's, you know, the, oh, our food's here. Yes, that's true. So that can be a thing there. Um, in a lot of cases, people get to go get to, uh, to, to, to play games about their favorite subjects. Yes. We were talking before about whatever TV show. Oh, there's Friends trivia, there's Potter trivia. It's such an easy cash cow. Well, not only that, but it's, it, that's, it's, it's not just a matter of cash, but it actually provides good entertainment for people who are big into that stuff. Oh, no, for sure, for sure. Because it's a low investment way of getting to sort of relive their favorite moments. Because every time a question about an episode that they remember comes up. They start laughing and they remember. And, and they're going to awesome spend some time of it, but they're going to go over other stuff that happened in that episode too, right? Yeah, for sure. So uh, here, here's the other thing that I think is the real pro for those who are into trivia games. You don't have to make any decisions. Yes, that's very true. Now, when people say they don't want to think, in a lot of cases people think of trivia games as being something, oh, well, that's, that's, that's going to be hard, I'm going to have to think. No, it's, it's, it's one of the low thinking games, and that's the thing. Customers will often come in and ask, can we play a game where we don't really want to have to think too hard? Uh, if you bring them a trivia game, they look at you kind of funny, but then you go through your first couple of questions like, oh yeah, this is easy. Exactly. Because all you, it's, it's not thinking, it's just remembering. Yeah. And if it's about a topic that you're into, then that's actually very pleasant and really, really relaxing. Really engaging for people. It's, uh, it's, it, it means that they can be engaged, but without having to be invested. Exactly. So now cons. The whole no decisions required thing, that's a con too. Yes, exactly. And you have no control over what happens. Either you know the answer or you don't. And depending on the way that the game is set up, you may not either get to pick the topic that you're being asked about. Like, yes, you'll have an overarching theme. Sure. But you may not get to pick if it's about this or about that. And then... Like in Trivial Pursuit, you roll the die and... Exactly. That's how it goes. And in a lot of cases, they can be surprisingly not easy to learn if you try to play by the actual, by the actual rules of the game. Travis, you're a game guru. You bring out you know, the Friends of the Sex and the City game all the time, I'm sure. Do you know how to play those games? No idea. Absolutely no idea. <laughs> I don't either. I don't know how to play any of these things. I don't know how to play the Harry, Harry Potter trivia game. I don't know how to play any of them. No. Nope. And usually what I do is, uh, this is sort of a trade secret here, for, I don't know if you do this as well, but uh, when people want to play a trivia game like that, I just say, okay, take the board, take the pieces, the dice and stuff like that, put those away. Yep. Here's the question cards. Take turns asking questions. You get one right, you keep the card in front of you. I, I completely agree, that's exactly what I do. Unless it happens to be something with different mechanics that work well, and we'll get into that later, uh, I usually do the exact same thing. It's just it's just more you know streamlined. You're there because you want to ask the questions about that and you want to talk exactly. about Exactly, they're so interested in the trivia, not the game. So let them focus on the trivia. Don't make them learn a bunch of rules for how what happens if you land on this kind of space, what you have to do there. They're not interested in that, generally speaking. You know, they just want to enjoy the subjects and see how smart they are. Exactly. Things. The um, well, if, if sometimes if I want to get you know, really shake it up, I don't know if you've ever done this either. Just to uh, add some variety, or make it so that if you get a question right, you put that card in the middle of the table, and then you can stop there and cash in and take all the cards in the middle, 
or you can go for another question. Oh, that's cool. I've if never you get tried that, that right, that goes in the middle. So you, you can keep pushing, pushing as long as you want, but if you get one wrong, away they go. Big money, big money, no enemies, no enemies. Exactly. So that's that's something I recommend for some sometimes for people who just want a really simple trivia game, but they want a, li a little bit of gaming. That's and cool. You, I like that. You can do that with almost any trivia game. So, folks, if you've got a trivia game that you played in years at home and you want to make a little bit more today, that's so the other thing, another con I think, probably the biggest con with trivia games is that everybody needs to know the subject. Yeah, that's very true. It's you're going to have the one sports guy at the table or the one science buff or the one exactly. history buff or whatever it is. Unless you specifically have one of each for every category, uh, that team's going to be lopsided, and that's. And even then, if it's if you have different categories, it's still going to be lopsided because if I land on you know the history category, whatever my thing is, and you land on the sitcoms category, whatever your thing is, or whatever, I don't know. That's 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 what's going to determine who wins in the end, and that can be frustrating. Yeah. In cases. No, it's very true, uh, and that's, again, one of the reasons I, I am wary of putting trivia games down on tables. Usually, instead of putting down the table, what I'll do is I'll say, okay, the trivia game section is over there. What you need to do is pick a topic that everybody likes. Yeah. As long as it's something that everybody's into, you'll be fine, no matter which one. Just yeah. ignore the game, focus on the trivia. And sometimes people try to fix this by playing in teams, but the problem is, unless the scope of the game has a lot of subjects in it, there's going to be one team member who's going to dominate while the other ones who don't know the subject are just going to sit there and not do anything. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So all of this tends to push game player types away from trivia games while uh, attracting non-gamer types. So how can you bridge the gap? Obviously, as a game guru, you have to do this all the time. Yeah, Find games definitely. that will appeal to a range of people. There's a few ways to do this. One way that I've tried sometimes is just to pick a subject that everybody likes and make sure they don't play it for too long. That's, that's one way of doing it. But uh, the other way is to give them a trivia game that actually has an actual game in it. Which is a scary and novel concept, but I love <laughs> doing it. It's, sometimes it can really help to, to bridge that gap, though, because you still get the trivia question, so it's familiar for the, uh, the non-gamer types. But it includes a little bit of a taste exactly. of what games can offer for the non-gamer types, which sometimes gets them curious about going farther than that. What are some of the ones you like to bring out with trivia games with an actual name in uh, there's a whole bunch of them that I would probably list. I think one of my favorites to bring out, especially if you've got a group, is Wits and Wagers. Oh, that's my favorite too. Uh, Wits and Wagers works really well because you don't actually have to know the right answer to be the person that wins, which is great. It's a good thing too because the questions in that are really obscure. But I find like, that kind of fun. It's neat. To, it's, it's, it's great. It's kind of kitschy trivia. You're just, you're just guessing. You have to just guess, and whoever comes closest to guessing right gets to advance. But that's, but that's actually not even the way it works. Exactly. It's not even about getting close. I mean, you, what you'll do is everyone will write down what they think the answer is, the answer always being a number, so very easy to gauge how close you are to the correct answer. And that's years, that's measurements, that's all kinds of things. Yeah, how many times has Jack Nicholson been nominated for Best Actor? Exactly. How many feet tall is Matt Everest? Yeah, it's just it's always a number. Um, but then after everyone has written down their answers, you're going to line them up in the center of the board on whiteboards, uh, going from smallest to largest. After that point, players get to bet on who they think is uh, correct. And I mean, your standard player is always just going to bet and then uh, on themselves or something like that. But well, as if, they get if, more, if they're confident. But uh, well, as I'm saying, as things get more interesting and players know to work more strategically, they're going to put in bluff answers or notice that everyone else <laughs> at the table was 600 numbers lower than you. So maybe you need to bet differently. Or you know, if it's a topic that you know that that guy's really knowledgeable about, you, you, you might want to bet on that. All the more reason for that person to bluff. I suppose so. 
So uh, others, that one, one other one that I like to bring out sometimes is called Smartass. That's the one where one person has a card, and on that card there's a series of clues that start really obscure and they get easier and easier and easier, and by the time you get to the last clue, you're practically telling them the answer. And you start reading these things out one at a time, and anybody can jump in anytime they want with the writing, with, with the answer. The thing is, you only get one shot. So if you jump in too soon, you might very well be the one to get the point, or you might be wrong, in which case you have to shut your mouth until everybody else had a crack on it. And if everybody else jumps in and too early, then as the last player, you just sort of sit there and wait. Uh, a game that tells me to shut my mouth, I'm not really sure that goes along with me, but... No, Smartass is really definitely a good one. What are some of the other ones you like? Uh, Quizniak actually works very similar to... Um, Quizniak works very similar to Smartass in that you have a mechanic that goes from very vague clues down to very specific. Mm -hmm. And as you're going along, it ramps up and uh, customers get to chime in with what they think it is. What's fun about it though is that you are rewarded with points for how soon you did it. Every single time you're given a clue, everyone at the table is allowed to answer it once. Once they answer, if no one got it, then you move on to the next clue. Uh, as you ramp up, you're gonna be getting fewer points because you're getting more obvious about it. So it works similar to Smartass, but it isn't quite as shut it out, shut it out, shut it out. Yeah, it's, it's uh, the, the time pressure thing isn't there. It's not quite as tense. Exactly. Which is either good or bad, depending on what you're after. Yeah. You know, and then there's timeline where you're trying to guess what happened before what, you know, was penicillin invented before the dynamite and stuff like that. Uh, plenty of other really neat little games. And again, has that mechanic where you're ramping up the difficulty as you go along. It exactly. Starts it starts easy. out easy, gets you comfortable with it, and gradually sort of ramps it up. Uh, you do lose some of the advantages of traditional trivia games when you do this. There's not as much downtime. It's one of the things about these uh, gamer-ish trivia games is that there's uh, people get to play, spend more time actually playing and less time waiting. Which is good in a lot of cases, not so good in cases where what you really want is socializing time. Also, the pressure is on you more constantly. There's less time to relax in between turns. There is also that element of competition where uh, some people love trivia because it is very non-competitive. It's you didn't get the answer. Ah, oh, well, okay, go to the next person. Exactly. It's it's not enough. It's not attacking somebody else. Exactly. That uh, that they didn't get it right. Also, it's rare that these unusual trivia games, the ones with games in them, are about a particular subject or a TV or show or something. They're, they're just general knowledge. Which removes some of that engagement that some people really In like some cases, you're... yeah. I mean, if what you want to do is sort of relive your favorite moments from stuff, you're not going to get that from these things. But the advantage is anybody can play them. Exactly. Because it's more general sort of knowledge. So, I mean, obviously the truth is when different people in a group have different tastes, sometimes not even a guru can find something that they're all going to love. Uh, usually we just try to get something nobody will hate, but these unusual trivia games represent some sort of middle ground that we can find. Hooray! Hooray for cooperation! <laughs> and hooray for enjoying games together. We hope we'll see you again at Sakes and Lattes sometime soon, and we can introduce you to some of these things. Till then, I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Travis Ryans. Game on, guys. And thanks for listening. We'll have a new Snakescast for you every week at snakesandlattes.com. In the meantime, you can follow us through your favorite social networking sites, such as Facebook and Twitter, or best of all, meet our gurus in person at Snakes and Lattes in Toronto. Until then, this is P.T. Douglas. Game on.